Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! I went full I went full howl on that one. <laughs> What's up everybody? My name is Chase Reeves. This is the Fizzle Show. This is where we talk to entrepreneurs about how to earn a living doing something that we actually care about. Several of us on the show, all of us on the show have experience in earning a living doing something we care about, using the tools of the internet, whether that's using blogs or podcasts or creating consulting businesses or sometimes just, you know, making your own artisanal jams and selling them at the farmer's market and using Facebook ads, <laughs> right? It's the it's the modern marvel of, of business and we're here to help you figure out how to find your path through it because it's absolutely possible for you to earn some side income, if not replacing your entire income, doing something you actually care about. And I mean, is there anything better in life worth fighting for than uh, to not, <laughs> I don't I want to say like, to, than to not hate your job, <laughs> right? Yeah. You have to earn a living. You've got to do that. And uh, why don't we find a way to do it that makes us feel empowered, that makes us feel like we're contributing, that makes us feel the way we want to in our lives. So with that, Today, we have another great episode for you. Like I said, this is the Fizzle Show. Most businesses fizzle out, and we're here to give you a shot in the arm every single week. If it's your first time listening to this episode or to the show, you can head over to fizzle.co slash toolkit. That's fizzle.co slash toolkit. And you're going to find free gift from us there with several guides that are going to help you figure out your business idea, sales uh, page, copywriting, which is what we're going to talk about today, uh, putting content on your home page, what kind of stuff needs to be there. Also, 10 of what we think are the most, like, can't miss these episodes of The Fizzle Show. All that for free at fizzle.co slash toolkit. That's fizzle.co slash Toolkit. What's up, Corbett Barr? How you feeling, man? Fantastic. I'm just admiring your floral hat. I got a floral hat, bro. It's yeah, nice. Did you find that down I, here? I found it in Mexico. I found it in a little shop. Great. Yeah, the shop where you can get, you know, weed pipes and djembes also sells, uh, you know, the floral pattern hats. Yeah. Well, it's a nice hat. I feel like I know how to find. I'm like a I'm like a Maxinista down here. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed <laughs> that I didn't find something like that myself. I'm a TJ Maxinista. <laughs> Steph, how are you doing? I am doing great. I'm really disappointed that I can't see your floral hat right now because I'm kind of in suspense. Yeah. Well, let me just say it's very floral and it's very hat. <laughs> so today on the show we are talking about these nine, actually ten elements that are essential that you have on your sales page. Corbett, set this up for me. There's all these different kinds of sales pages people can have, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. But just back up. Why does it matter that we have the right stuff on a sales page? Well, uh, because it it makes the difference between making a bunch of sales or making no sales, right? Mm. We see this all the time where um, you know people work really hard on building an audience, on building a great product, and then... They put the two together, and for some reason, they don't convert any of those hard-fought customers, potential customers, into actual sales. And I mean, we've experienced this ourselves too. Yeah. Right? And so you have to wonder: um, is the product missing the mark somehow, or was this the wrong group of people, or maybe I just didn't set up my sales page correctly? I yeah. didn't 
pique people's interest. I didn't give them a good reason to buy. I didn't explain the product well enough, right? Yeah. A lot of things. And so we've learned over the years that there are a number of critical elements to have on a sales page. And we're going to walk you guys through them today. But keep in mind that there are different sales pages with different purposes, right? It, something as simple as trying to get someone to sign up for an email list with a landing page, that's a sales page in a way. Yeah. And also, you know, getting someone to buy some $5,000 coaching product, like that could be a sales page as well, but it might require like an application and a phone call yeah. sort of thing, right? Yeah. I think today what we're talking about is something in between, sort of a typical, I'm going to sell something for 29 bucks or 97 bucks or maybe even $197, something like yeah. kind of a mid range online product. And these 10 elements will help you make more conversions if you get them in the right order yeah. and you spend enough time like you know, working each one. We're going to give you guys tips yeah. on that. Now, Steph, you've made sales pages yourself. You've also been in, involved with loads of Fizzle Friday calls. Every week uh, inside of Fizzle, we have these group coaching calls where we help facilitate work like like sales pages, for example. Um, and you've seen a lot of fizzlers try to create their own sales pages. You see them get them up and out and into the world. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think is, is one of the, the like, the like mental roadblocks that's in someone's head when they're thinking about creating their sales page? Like what's one of these ideas or roadblocks that's just in their mind that won't, that just for some reason just like clogs them up? I think the biggest thing that I see is um, people are almost like very similar to if you imagine if you were doing like an in-person sales pitch and like, let's just say that you're at a Starbucks having coffee with somebody, you're planning to pitch them on your services, you're having a consultation and all you can think about, I'm sure a lot of people relate to this. All you can think about during the whole hour long consultation is the moment when you have to say your price, right? Like I think everyone can relate to that. You're like, oh my God, how am I going to drop the bomb? Is it going to be too much for them? Are they going to be interested? I think there is an element of that when you're crafting a sales page. It's easy to come to the blank, you know, the blinking cursor of your sales page and all you are thinking about is do I put my price on there? Do I not? Um how do what do I write that's going to make someone say yes? And so I think that we're so we get really tripped up with the 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 mental game, the head game that's being played when we're thinking about the purpose of a sales page, which of course is to sell something. And we've talked in a few recent episodes about all of the icky stuff that we get into mentally with that. I think there's a huge element of that with a sales page. And I have I've found a lot of success personally as well as helping other people. If you can really think of a sales page as a vehicle for telling a story, um, thinking about this as storytelling, walking someone through uh, what life could be like with your product, um, how it's helped other people, really seeing it as an opportunity to showcase your craft versus feeling like it's going to have to be pitchy and you're going to have to you know, say the perfect thing that makes someone click by. I think it just releases a lot of that pressure when you can see it as an opportunity to tell a story versus a hard, a hard pitch. Mm. Yeah, and I also um, just want, I know we've hammered this home a bunch recently, but if you think about, you know, when you when you start creating content or uh, start writing on social media, you get a lot of practice over time, right? Yeah. If if you're writing a blog or creating a podcast, you're going to get dozens or or hundreds of chances at practicing that craft. 
probably before you ever get to write your first sales page. Yeah. And the sales page is such a critical element because you've done all this work for maybe six months or a year before you sell your first product. Yeah. And yet you have no practice at creating sales pages. Yeah. You know, hopefully you've had practice at trying to get someone to take action, like subscribing to an email list or something like that, but you haven't actually sold a product. And so using a template like this is just a great way to remove a lot of the simple errors that you're going to make mm. if you just tried to wing it. Yeah. So that's why we're going to lay out this structure for you guys. And if you haven't written a sales page before, or if you have, but you haven't had success with it for some reason, just try following this like simple paint by numbers approach. Yeah. Make sure that all these elements are in there and you'll probably do a lot better. And then continue practicing writing more sales pages. It's a good idea to have multiple products out there just so that you have practice selling, you know, and writing sales pages more frequently. Yeah. We, you know, tip, technically we have like one thing that we sell at Fizzle, mm. but inside of that thing there are dozens of courses. We have like 35 courses. Yeah. And for many of those we've had to write really long sales pages. Mm-hmm. And we just found over time that when we find one that works, let's borrow all the elements and make sure that those are in the next one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what we want to go through in this episode is exactly what those elements are. Yeah. What are those things that need to be in and on your sales page? And we want to help you today with like what order. Now there's no this is our caveat here. All right. There's the caveat is with selling, like Steph was saying, this is about selling is always going to be about your connection with the person that you're sort of selling to, right? And the way that you can foster connection are like, there's just so many ways you can do that. There's not one simple formula, cut and dry way of doing that. But that being said, <laughs> for those of us who get stuck in our own heads way too often, and can't get out of our own ways to, to actually put a sales page up or something like that, you could do a lot worse than to follow this formula that we're about to set up for you right now. Yep. Now, before we do get started, I want to call your attention to one free document that we have on our website called the 80-20 sketch sheet. I'll mention it now. I'll also mention it at the end of the show. Because uh, in this conversation, we're going to mention a lot of bits and pieces that this 80-20 copywriting sketch sheet can help you just get into the nitty-gritty of. For instance, we're going to be talking about objections and benefits and things like that. Yeah. In this guide, it walks you through exactly how to come up with those on one piece of paper so that then you can put them all in the order that we're talking about here. Yeah, almost like we're going to give you guys the structure that the sales page should take in yeah. this episode. Yeah. But that 80-20 copywriting sketch sheet that Chase is talking about will give you the content that needs to go in each of those blogs. Yeah, and that's something that we do f- almost for every every blog post, every sales page, everything, every course that we've ever created. Yeah. It all goes through that because it's a way that helps us think through what does this content need and where to can have. Get that? So they can get it at fizzle.co slash 80-20. Like 8020? 8020. All right. Fizzle.co slash 8020. I set up that short code, that short link. I'm like a, I'm like like a, a HT like, access whiz. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Look out. I'm in your kernel. <laughs> Hashing your bin. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm out of my element. I'm out of my element. Okay. So let's talk about these 10, these telling elements. Again, you need to make a sales page. Want that sales page to be dope. Want people to land on sales page to go like, oh my God, I want this thing. That's our goal here. What do you put on your sales page? I don't know. 
oh, great. This is, this is, well, guess what? Just keep listening because we're about to tell you. So, Corbett, tell us what's the very first thing that needs to be on your, your sales page. Can anybody guess? Uh, no, no. <laughs> audience, audience uh, members, audience members. Yeah, if you're there listening in your car. Can you shout it out. Right now? <laughs> shout it out. And on What's your first thing that on your jog, on your morning walk, as you smoke your cigarette and drink your coffee with your dog. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a trick question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your headline. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. We all know this needs to be up there. Something big and bold. Yeah. And uh, dramatic and something that grabs your attention. This isn't a whole lot different from putting a title on a blog post or a podcast episode or a video. This is the thing that has to do the first most important work, which is everybody's busy. They've got things going on. They happen to click on this page of yours, but they're ready to move on and uh, do whatever's distracting them next. So your headline has to grab their attention and convince them to read or watch or listen to or whatever the very next thing that's on the page mm-hmm. and sort of set up the whole context here. Maybe maybe give them a little bit of a mystery or a clue that they can start looking for on the sales page. So we we see bad examples of headlines all the time. Um, and it's kind of, again, one of these things that you have to work on, but you have to um, make it Get out of your own way. In mm-hmm. a way, we, yeah. we see what we when people write bad headlines. Most often, I'd say they make it too convoluted, and it's not clear and um, thought provoking, or clear and something that grabs your attention. Yeah, they make it. They just kind of bury too much inside of the headline. Yeah, yeah. So, just you know, like for example, this could be as simple as the name of your product. If you did a good job naming your product, mm. for example, we have a product that we sold for like five or six years now. It continues to do well. It's a course inside of Fizzle. It's called Start a Blog That Matters. Yeah. So if I were writing a uh, sales page for Start a Blog That Matters, I would probably just simply start with that as the headline. Yeah. Because it's the thing that we want people to do. Totally. Right? Start a blog totally. that matters. And it's got a little bit in there like what does that mean? What does it mean that it matters? Mm-hmm. You know, and is that something that I want and it might draw people in enough. Yeah. So, uh it could be as simple as the product name. It may be something that you need to work on a little bit. This is something that's really easy to AB test. And um, in a future episode, we'll be talking about some work that we're doing on email. Mm. And uh, I have recently written a whole bunch of emails, and I added A-B tests for the subject lines of every single one of those. Mm. And so I just forced myself to come up with six or seven or eight different headlines, throw them up there, and take the guesswork out of it, and just say, which one of these actually performs by watching over time? Which yeah. one gets people to take more action? Totally. Because you don't know. Yeah. You, know? you get too close to the problem sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes if you just go, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched um, kind of behind the scenes when somebody makes a movie. Sometimes you'll see the director like get a couple of takes out of the actors and they'll go, okay, one more real quick, you know, and, yeah. they'll, and they'll have them just go or they'll, they'll give them some quick direction and say, all right, let's do it. And sometimes those quick ones that you just throw out there end up being better than the ones that you spend a bunch of time on. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's like for me when when my wife and I are in an argument. I'll be like, "Okay, stop. Let's do this all over again. Just let it, just let it flow. Let it flow more naturally." And I find that those ones are my I believe that that be true. <laughs> those ones are my better takes. So the point of the headline is is has like one job to do, right? What's the one job that your headline has to do? 
It's to get people to continue reading the rest of the sales. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right. When we put that pressure on, on the sales page or on the, the headline, when we make our, our headline just about that, that's what, that's what, sorry, there's music in my headphones all of a sudden. When we make our headline just about that, it can help release that sort of tension on us, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to do everything right. all off the bat. It just needs to make sure that like, oh, okay, what's this? I'll keep reading. Yeah, it's, right? like, it's like if you were in a, you know, at, a, at a party mingling with people and you wanted to have a long conversation with someone that you just met, you would need to set that up somehow, right? You would have to give them a clue of what you're going to be talking about if you want them to commit to the next 10 minutes and not go, oh, excuse me, I, I just saw somebody I need to go talk to, right? Yeah, or, totally. Excuse me, I need to go get a drink. Um, you need to set that up with a good headline in a way, with a good introduction, Yeah, just to give people an idea of, is this worth committing the next several minutes to? Yeah, love it. Okay, so everybody knows you got to have a headline, you got to have a headline and that gets that grabs that attention and makes it interesting enough to keep reading, right? So, the second thing, now the second thing that we talked about is having a video there, okay? If possible, video can be really useful because it helps to overcome a lot it, like you know that old saying like seeing is believing mm-hmm. or a picture's worth a thousand words, something like this. It helps to uh, to to show your reader or your viewer on the other side of the internet what you're really talking about, right? It can help you drive the thing home. Now, when people think about making a video, first of all, they go, "I don't know how to make a video," and if it's crazy, don't need to worry about it. I think you you just you can just totally have headline, subheading, and all the content that we're talking about sure. in the next of uh, in the next bit of this. But you might be amazed at how easy it is to create using a product like ScreenFlow, for example, mm-hmm. um, where you can just have slides from Apple's keynote or PowerPoint. Yeah. And you just kind of walk through going like, Hey, here's the deal. Here's what the challenge is. That's a great point. In fact, uh, that product that I mentioned earlier, start a blog that matters. When I first started selling that actually not start a blog that matters. When I first started selling another product called traffic school, which was a fairly expensive product at the time, I used a video uh, at the top of the sales page, but I wasn't on camera for that video. I simply had a set of slides that I talked over and you know you've seen these like animated sales videos. Yeah, those tend to work pretty well, and yeah. nobody on camera. I just did like a series of fifteen or twenty slides, flipped through them, talked through a script, and it made it really easy on me being a person who wasn't comfortable with video at the time. I didn't know how to you know set up the camera and get good audio and totally. that kind of stuff. So I just talked over it, and that worked really well. And um, that product ended up being really successful. So. There are ways to do it that don't have to involve you being like a super charismatic person on screen. Totally, right? So video, just for those people who are going to end up clicking, it can be really, really effective as a way of of just like, you know what it's like with video, you're just basically like, you, you strap into your seat and you just click play and you're like, alright, show exactly. me what you got, right? Exactly. Uh, and what, what, um, what would you say should be in that video? What needs to be in that video, Corbett Bar, is exactly what we're going to continue talking about. So basically, you take everything that would be on the sales page, condense it, yep. and put it into the video. Totally. It yep. just it, like the 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 rest of the bits that we're talking about, the headline, all of that stuff that we've already talked about, where it's just basically just the headline, uh, and then the the things that are to come. This is what creates the script for your video. Yeah. Because this is what's going to help someone. Again, the whole point of this is to overcome 
these worries, fears, objections that they have, and then let to get them to a point to take action. Yeah, to actually take action on your page. A couple of good examples, I think, of sales videos. Um, there's a ton out there, and and the guys from uh, Sandwich Video, mm. they always do a tremendous yeah, job. The one totally. from Slack is is great. Yeah, but um, one a couple that are a little closer to home. You can go to our um, homepage at fizzle.co, see our sales video, which yeah. has been played like millions of times at this point. Mm. And uh, I, I still really like that one. It's yeah. a little outdated, totally, but it's still really good. And then another one that I really love is the one that you created recently for the website tune-up course. Oh yeah, that one ended up being maybe like eight or ten minutes long, I think. Yeah, but it's it just does a really good job of setting up the problem and walking people through it, and, yeah. and talking about the benefits that they're going to get. So, um, where would they find that one if somebody wants? That's fizzle.co slash tune-up. Tune-up. There. Yeah, fizzle.co/slash tune-up. And then, uh, well, just, for some reason, it sounds a lot like tuna to I know, me I right now. Yeah. Tuna for a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, try try them both, see what happens. <laughs> okay. So, Steph, let's talk about the next element, which is getting into the nitty gritty or having some sort of a description or some sort of connection with the reader about the problem. This problem description. What do you think about this one? Yep. So this one's huge. Describing the problem, really laying out the problem. If you think about it, you know, okay, so let me just summarize. At this point, a potential customer, a reader has landed on your site. They've seen your headline. Maybe they've watched your video. Maybe they haven't though. Maybe they're just kind of scrolling. Sometimes people won't watch that video at first. So now we're into describing the problem. And when somebody is in this early part of your page, they have clicked over to your page, presumably like with some level of interest. It could be all over the board in terms of how interested, but they might have this kind of filter like subconsciously in the back of their head that's thinking to themselves, I have a problem and I'm curious whether this person has the solution or not, right? Like on a base mm, lo- level, yeah. like that's kind of what's going through somebody's mind is, you know, I'm kind of running up against this obstacle. Could this be the person that could help me? Could this product be the thing that I need? So this is where we have to really start to cultivate uh, an answer to that, quite honestly. So th- at this part, we're really getting into describing the problem um, and it goes kind of hand in hand with a second piece of this, which is, you know, ideally, and in in I think some of the very best sales pages, using your customers' actual words to uh, craft that, to really be sure that you're in the right spot. I can't help but think of, <laughs> you guys know those like late night infomercials for like, I don't know, a frying pan. And sometimes these commercials will start with the most over dramatic um, demonstrations of people like messing up their eggs with a f- classic frying pan, and th- the commercial ends up being. Does this like- ever happen to you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally, and the totally. Com- the commercial ends up being for like the perfect nonstick pan. But the way they frame the problem is so absurd that you actually can't get past the hyperbole of it. Now, we don't see sales pages that are to that degree, but hopefully you can kind of get the point that I'm making. You want to make sure that the problem you're really describing is rooted in real life. Um, otherwise, it becomes too contrived. It becomes the inf- infomercial at one o'clock in the morning. So the idea here is to really start to lay out the problem in a way that makes somebody say, yeah, actually, I have run up against that obstacle. Okay, yeah, I have been through that before. Before. I have run into that roadblock. Hmm, okay, uh, you know, now I'm kind of getting the message that this sales page might have a solution for that. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what that solution will be. Now, I have an example of the problem part of this, um, and I'll get into the talk. I want to say a few more words about 
actually taking the customer's words. Uh, but I've mentioned many episodes back. I have a couple friends who run a career coaching business. Uh, they're called Clarity on Fire. They're just really good writers, good blog writers, good copywriters. And um, they do one-on-one career coaching for not really for entrepreneurs, more for people who are trying to um, you know, level up in their in their corporate careers. And uh, in their, on their sales page, the first thing it says is, if you're anything like us, you're sure, dot, 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 that there's no longer a point to settling for a life that doesn't feel good, that the unknown risk of change is way preferable to the certain risk of doing nothing, that it must be possible to deeply enjoy your life and your career at the same time, that good enough is not a satisfactory way to exist, and that stress, burnout, and lack of fulfillment cannot be all there is to life, that you want to spend your life doing something meaningful, fulfilling, and impactful. Okay, so that's like, I just feel like it was helpful to lay out an actual, you know, what this can sound like if you're landing on this page and you're coming up against, you know, a dead end in your career, you read that and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, yes, like I am hoping that I, that my life and my career can coexist. It's kind of, you're looking to elicit that sort of tell me more feeling in someone, you know, piquing that interest, getting them to identify and connect with you, connect with the problem in a way that gets them to want to keep reading. And just a couple more points about the, the using the customer's words, really my favorite way to do this. And it can actually be in the next section, um, or you could make this one in the same. I kind of like to pull them out a little bit. And in the second section, really having some, like preferably some actual quotes from people in your audience describing what it's like to either have this problem or to have had the solution or both. So whether you have worked with people one-on-one before and you can maybe get a testimonial and kind of start to get a sense of what made somebody buy from you in the first place, like what is it that they were coming up against in their own words that made them click buy? If you don't have customers yet, there are so many ways you can do this. We have a customer conversations course in Fizzle that we've talked about a bunch that's really helpful for this. But really um, asking that question, you know, when you first when you first came to me, uh, what made you want to buy? Or if you're in a Facebook community or a group or something and you see that there are people who are just talking about the same problem over and over again and you want to solve that problem, what does the problem sound like when it's coming out of their mouth? And again, just to kind of take it back to the beginning of the point, um, when you use a real ideal customer's words, it's so much less likely that you're going to have the frying pan situation where it just feels so like overdramatic that the problem, you, you've changed the scope of the problem. So rooting it in the customer's reality is the really, I think, the best way to elicit that feeling that I think we're all trying to get from people, which is like, oh my God, she's reading my mind right now. Like, is, is this person inside my mind? I think that's really what you want someone to feel uh, when you lay out the problem in a compelling way. I think that's a huge uh, like idea, this idea of how do you know your problem description is good? It's the answer to that is if it's rooted in the reality of the potential customer's like situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I'd say Steph, Steph laid a bar out there, which is uh, making someone feel like, oh my God, they're in my head. Yeah. That's great. And, yeah. and if you could even go a little further, and if you're able to describe the problem, with more clarity than your customer has ever been able to. Yeah. Yes. Then they understand that you know a ton about this thing and that you're the person that yeah. might have the solution. Finally, yeah. if it's an itch that they've never been able to scratch or yeah. they've never been able to totally put their finger on. Yeah. And now here you are saying, you know, is this the situation for you? And people go, Oh, that is, that is. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The way the, the example that Steph read of the, um, the career coaches yeah. 
That's uh, great. It was a great, it's great copywriting on yeah. that. It makes me, made me feel like that. Like I bet a lot of people have that feeling of like, yep. wow, the way that they explain that is so clear and so powerful and it's true. Right, I want to enjoy my life and my career. Yep. And the and and the thing is, I don't know if I if I admit to myself very often that I should I should deserve I deserve to be able to do both. Yep. Right. This is a. It's almost like that's why I honestly there was a long stretch of my time in as I was coming up where I thought I was going to be a, a therapist, and part of that just finds so much like so much purchase in being a marketer. Mm -hmm. So much of being a marketer is understanding these sort of desires, these things that are working in people that they might not even understand. Right. And, and it's, it's, I don't know. It's very, it's very, I guess it can be used for a lot of bad, but it can be used for good as well. (laughs) Right. So um, we've got the problem description and we've got, if possible, these are two things. One is the problem description. We want to make sure that we root that in the customer's reality. And then if possible, a second item where it's like, it's quotes from your real people about the problem. Now the next one here is let's talk about what life looks like without this problem. All right, let's describe life without this problem. But first, we have a little ad read from Gusto to read for you here. Gusto is sponsoring this episode of The Fizzle Show. Gusto is payroll solution. It's like the, the, the internet's, you know, like there's like all of these problems on the internet or on the, probably all these problems in the world. And then like every once in a while, an internet company gets started. It's like, we're the internet company that's going to solve this problem. And then they like, they're sometimes good and they're sometimes bad. Well, Gusto is like the new, my favorite example of this. It used to be MailChimp. I love MailChimp as a web, as an email provider. But to be honest, it's like more con- convoluted now than it needs to be for, all, for like a vast majority of the people that I'm talking to. Yeah. So we end up re- recommending ConvertKit. You can go to fizzle.co slash convertkit and get a free trial there for 30 days. They don't normally do free trials. Fizzle.co slash convertkit. But back to Gusto. Gusto is my new example of this because payroll is a biatch. I think I can <laughs> yeah. get away with that, right? Yeah. I, I used to, I remember dreading the sales call that would have to happen in order for you to sign up for payroll. Payroll, yeah. Like back in the day, yeah. so an actual representative would come to your office and yeah. talk you through the, you know, the different plans. Totally. It's like I don't need this. I just yeah. want to go on a website, sign up, and and get this thing out of the way. Yeah, totally. And so you can do that with Gusto. They make it really, really easy, and you can get three months of that for free when you uh, do your first payroll there. When you use this URL, you go to gusto.com/fizzle. Gusto is G-U-S-T-O. Dot com slash fizzle. Our thanks to Gusto for supporting the Fizzle Show and indie business. Okay, now back to the matter at hand. We need to describe for this person now. I love what Steph did. It's like, okay, so imagine they landed on your site and they get this, this, uh, the, this headline that just entices them to read something like start a blog that matters. If I'm interested in starting a blog, like, that's interesting to me. There's a video there, maybe with a subhead that that starts explaining the problem, and then we're into the problem. It's like there's like what what do you use to set up your website? Uh, so many options out there. What is my topic going to be on? I could mm-hmm. blog about it. There's a million blogs that get started every year, and that don't nowhere. Yeah, and I want to start one that matters. Yes, right now let's set up what it looks like at, with 
like what if you did set up a start start a blog that matters? Yeah. What if you did like what if you got to wake up in the morning and write something that you actually cared about to an audience that was actually interested in reading it? Mm-hmm. Right. That where what if you what if you had a, started a website where there's actual revenue making opportunities instead of it just being this thing like it's a little bit of readers maybe some popularity but you never end up getting any money from it right this this is where I'm talking about what world what the world can look like if this problem gets solved right now I love thinking in terms of and this is something that marketing has taught me thinking in terms of this you know black and white yin and yang the the negative and the positive, the negative and the positive. Here's what sucks. This sucks. This sucks. What if it was different? What mm-hmm. if it was like this? What if it was like this, right? This is something that you remember that, uh, that Duarte, that Nancy Duarte stuff. Yeah. She talked about this where she, she went through all of these famous what speeches. Is and what could be. Yeah. And, and Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, everybody does this like down here. Right now it's a lot like this. And this is the thing. But one day it's going to be something, something, something. And I'm up here again. And then I'm going down again because I can't stand and, and then I come back up because it, and it's this back and forth yeah. and back and forth that really drives people's interest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of compels them. It's like whatever every Southern reverend, reverend knows to do, right? <laughs> exactly. Sunday morning. Like, yeah. Get people's attention with this pattern. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So um, now we need to describe what I call this, the like describe life without this problem. The life without this problem description um, or the ideal customer situation, like the customer's ideal situation. I wish I didn't have to worry about this. And instead, it would just worked like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, one caveat here as we're talking about the problem, as we're talking about life without that problem, what I think, and as we're talking about the headline and the video, everything that we've ca- talked about so far and what we'll, what we'll talk about here in a second. Your ability to do this in a realistic way that both is interesting, it connects and resonates, and it doesn't give me that, you know, that like, thanks Obama frying pan kind of like late night sales bullcrap feeling, right? That is something, now I can't tell if this is my own like individual sort of psychological hang up, right? Because to me, I've never wanted to look salesy. Like that, I've never wanted to do things that were salesy. A lot of, I think, on average, people don't want to. I think, I, right? Salesy, yeah. But then I look at something like that that other people will do, like a Derek Halpern or a Meet Sati or or even Marie Forleo to some regards. But yeah. like, and then a lot of other like sure. sleazier yeah. types, right? Uh, and I like, or the perfect example is those late night infomercials, and you know these are probably working. But who are they working on? And I think this is where we need to, you need to be like sort of honest with yourself. I've met sleazy internet marketers that were like, dude, you just buy a list, you burn through the list, sending them a bunch of emails, selling them this one thing. And then you move on to the next list. And they make lots and lots of money doing that. It's not about creating a relation. Sucker born every day. There's a new sucker. Well, mostly because there's a lot of old people. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I think that's the people who are, who are getting taken advantage with this stuff. So, what I want to say as a caveat here is I've always made it a point and my, my career has, has resonated successfully with this that I need to try to make this good enough to, to c- capture me, to kind of resonate with me. Right. Right. That, 
that's where I go. Yeah, but it's not to say that you don't buy things. You spend as much money as the next guy. Yeah, yeah. But I have a floral hat here. Yeah, that, you just, but yeah. you buy certain things. Yeah, totally. But there, there is this danger where, um, at, at, oftentimes, what can happen in your business is, is you have this startling realization that your ideal customer is no longer like you. Mm. You're, you're in a different category. Mm-hmm. Either you've progressed, or you've moved on, or you this, that, or the other, and your business is still serving people that. Now you're not making the sales page just for you. You're making the sales page for a group of people that it's like, well, they have these needs and they want to buy a product that helps them solve this this yeah. thing, right? I always think of Darlene who had her photo business and real, and then her photography excelled so much that like she's no longer selling to to herself. She's selling to who she was years ago, right? Right, and that's that can be like a, a little bit of a of an like it takes a little bit of getting used to yeah. to doing that, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about uh, our our life without this problem description. Now, Corbett, tell me about like describing the actual product. Up to now, we haven't even mentioned the product. Yeah, we haven't. Depending, right? We haven't said this is a course or this is a book or this is a dress for your baby girl. This right. is like this is just right now. We've talked about the problem. We've resonated with. Hey, do you suffer with this? Oh, it doesn't it suck? Yeah. Look, Je- Jesse had this problem too. Yeah. Look, here's what she said. Wouldn't it be amazing if life didn't have this sort of thing, right? And now, yep. So you have. Uh, let me um, take just a step back and and talk about this copywriting framework that is also useful to kind of think through the sales page structure. It's it's called Ada A I D A, mm. and that stands for uh, attention, interest, desire, and action. Yeah. And old school copywriters use this framework to remember that, okay, first I have to get someone's attention, then I have to grab or make them interested, then I have to, um, you know, get them to desire this thing and finally ask them to take action, right? And so what we've done so far is with the headline, we grabbed their attention, right? Then when we stated the problem, that's when we started to make them interested. Okay, I'm interested because I have this problem. Then when you started describing what it's like when the problem is solved, when I don't have that anymore, yeah. we started to to get people to desire this state. Right? Yeah, yeah. So right now they're at this place where I want that. Yeah. You just yeah. talked about how great life would be if I didn't have that problem, and I want that now. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we tag onto the end of that talking about the actual product mm. so that that desire gets transferred into i want that and oh you're telling me that that this product solves that problem for me mm-hmm. so i don't only want that state i want this product yeah yeah so describing the product is just this is the point at which you introduce the product and you say introducing blah 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 the, yeah. you know the, the gen x 3000 this will take away all your career problems yeah yeah and uh and then you you sort of lay out what the product is you show a picture of it uh you might talk about some of the features yeah. that it has and just give people the sense that okay there's this thing here that if i have if i purchase i will achieve the End desired state that you just described right before mm, this. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty simple, you know. It's if it's an online product, you might have seen people have like, you know, a picture of like a, a computer open with the the page. Yeah, you would see totally. on that product. If it's a real product, like a bag or something, you would just be showing that product. Yeah, and and that's pretty much it. Yeah, we're just like announcing. We're like showing what this thing actually is now. Yep. Right. 
I love that. Okay, so we're 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 describing the actual product and we're saying like, hey, this is the thing that's going to actually solve the problem. Now, Steph, I want to kick it over to you and to tell us about the benefits first of all and then second of all a separate item the testimonials but first starting with the benefits of this product. Yeah, this is a really big one I think. So just to kind of, again, recap for a second, what we've talked about is we've introduced introduced the problem. We've given people a really good sense of what it feels like to have this problem. We've introduced life without the problem. And like Corbett just said, we've we've introduced the product itself. Okay, so we've, we've brought that into the mix. Now I feel like expanding on that, our job is to connect being in the state of having the problem with being in the state where you no longer have the problem, right? And that's where your product comes in. So you've got to really show people that your product is that bridge that can get them from one place to another. And I think uh, since we've talked a little bit about common pitfalls, common mistakes uh, of sales pages, I think this is one of them. So a lot of times in sales, you'll hear, hear people talk about features and benefits, features and benefits. Like in any sales training you go to, they talk about features and benefits. And um, the they're very different. They always get paired together, but they're two very different things. Features are like the actual, like, let's just for sake of simplicity here, let's just say that you're selling like a coaching package and it's like a three month coaching package or something. The features would be, you know, how much time people get with you. You know, it's like six, you know, 60 minute calls. It's the nuts and bolts of what's actually in the package. And sometimes people jump right to selling what the features are. The problem with that is the features don't really do a good job telling people how they're going to change their lives. Like how is six sessions on Skype with you going to get me from point A to point B? I'm pretty unclear. Whereas the benefits more talk about you have this problem. We talked a little bit about life without the problem. Now by working with me, here's how your life is going to be different. Here are some of the benefits of of this of this package. Here's what makes it different. So really getting into what sets it apart versus the features like the, the kind of the nuts and bolts. And this reminds me of a conversation that we had recently here on the show where we were talking about that. I think we were talking about the customer journey and how very often when we sell, we go into the how too soon. Like we start to describe the, like the, the, the nitty gritty of the product versus that story. So really the benefits are telling more of really showcasing the story of what the product does to take you from point A to point B. So I feel like maybe going back and listening to that episode is, is a pretty good prerequisite for this one, because in a way we're expanding on that customer journey map, um, using benefits to help people understand why this product is the thing that can, that can take away the problem. Love it. Okay. So we've talked about the benefits. Now I feel like the next best step is, is getting into testimonials. And I know that stuff that this is something that you're always like, really loving to have mm-hmm. on your your emails and sales pages and stuff like that. So talk about why you like testimonials so much, maybe how you even go about getting them and, and what kinds of things you look for in a testimonial. I do have such a love affair with testimonials for so many reasons. One is because it is like such a universal truth of human beings. All of us read reviews, uh, some of us more in depth than others. I remember Corbett, when you were buying a hot tub, there was like quite a research process of reading all the different reviews. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people take this very seriously. And it's whether it's Yelp when you're trying a new restaurant, Amazon when you're buying a new product, social proof is a big deal. Knowing that you are not the trailblazer and that someone is like backed up by other people who have been a guinea 
guinea pig. It's very, very comforting. Um, in addition, for anybody out there who's like, yeah, sales is not my game. I don't like selling. I love testimonials because it takes, and I think we talked about this in a separate episode too, it's a great way to take off some of the heavy lifting off of your shoulders. You don't have to be the Mm. only person selling your product. Like Leverage previous customers. And by the way, if you've had no customers, think about people who you've helped. If you've had a Facebook interaction with someone uh, that you helped in a group and someone says to you, hey, that advice you gave was really helpful, ask them for a testimonial. A testimonial can come from anybody. It's really anyone who's qualified to say, this person helped me and here's what they did and here's how my life is different because of it. So I think testimonials are just such a great way to, again, if this is all about storytelling, you're pulling in real life people's uh, experiences with you to just help make it that much more of a rich and colorful story. So I personally think, and I'm curious about what you guys think about this. I love testimonials kind of sprinkled uh, around a sales page. It's kind of like the Parmesan cheese on top. Uh, You don't need to go. I I think like when testimonials are all bunched together, sometimes they get lost. So strategic placement of testimonials and a few key uh, places on the page, it breaks it up. It's interesting. It's authentic. And I just think it brings another dimension of credibility to your product. Oh, I love it. It does. And it's also an opportunity to sound a lot more hyperbolic than than would be appropriate for you as the narrator to to say. Mm. Right. So this is where, you know, it would sound pretty cheesy if you were like, this product will change your life and and blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you have someone say, this product changed my life because this was what I had before and this is what I had after. Then you can get away with saying that. So those are the kinds of testimonials you want, and um, and it's really a, a really important part of any sales page. Yeah, love it. Okay, cool. So we've talked about the benefits and the testimonials after after we've set up our product. Now is when I think uh, again to my point about how we have to how I don't know. I find there's a lot of artistry in in a sales page, right? I find there's a lot of like, of delicate, you know, you're pushing, but you're not pushing too hard, right? You're like, you're creating interest, but you're not making it sound like, you know, like impossible. Right. Right. Um, so the next one is overcome an objection or two, right? And this is another one of those things where you could pepper in maybe above or below. I normally only like to overcome one of these sort of at a time. Uh, but, and it doesn't need to be very much. Right. For instance, in, in, in an excellent book, the story brand, Donald Miller's book on writing things that are like this. If you're interested in going deeper, it's an awesome book, the story brand book and his whole method for, for making things like this. He talks about, um, what's the word that he uses? He uses, uh, the word where we, it's not rejigger. What am I, what, what, what am I thinking of? Redirect. Redirect. So think about an overcoming an objection like a, a redirection. Mm-hmm. Or like I always think of like judo, right? Or yeah. I- Aikido, which is yeah, actually like the using someone's energy. And, yeah, yeah. It's like, and so you're taking their objection. They're like, yeah, but isn't it? I don't want to pay too much for something like this. I'm never going to use, right? And you're kind of like taking it and you're flowing with it, and you're just like, yeah, totally. 
that would be terrible. I mean, not that you have to write it like this, but I always like kind of talk it through in my head. Yeah, totally. That would be terrible to purchase something and waste money on something like that. So that's why we had to go and make this as entertaining and interesting as possible and make sure that it's in bite-sized little chunks yeah. so you can pop in into it every time, every, like in, in bite-sized chunks, right? We also brought in an email element. So if you're out of it for a few days, you'll get reminded to pop back in. You're right there with the next lesson or, or whatever it is, right? Yep. Those are the, that's where like you can even come up with feature ideas for your products. Yeah. Thinking about overcoming or redirecting someone's objections or negative energy about something. Because the f- truth is you would have that objection too. Yeah, There are real objections and they stand up like gatekeepers in the mind. Right. And so if you can make friends with one or two of them and kind of like send them on their merry way, then the person is sitting there going, like, okay, I feel more confident about this decision. And that's what this whole page is set up to do is again, to create someone's uh, a sense of confidence in taking an action to yeah. actually, oh, I trust this person. I trust this product. Yep. I trust that they have my best interests in mind, that this might be an actual solution to my problem, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? I believe that if I give you $97, I will receive the the benefit yeah. or that 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 uh, future statement like, yeah. I don't have that problem anymore. This is what I'm going to feel like. I want to believe that by giving you $97, I'm going to achieve that. Yeah. I hope this isn't boring for people. I'm wondering if this, this is, is like come on, this boring. Is I think I think for some who, who have never like gone through a course on creating a sales page or something like this, this is really gold stuff because you can just kind of follow this uh, and and get and like You've got your sales page put yeah. together. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Okay, so there's two more. There's two more items. Two left. more. Two more, and they're pretty easy. Um, I just want to also say though that for overcoming objections, again, this is where customer conversations can be great, where you can ask someone, you know, if you were going to purchase a product like this, what would you be concerned about? You can also get these from testimonials, right? Mm, yeah, this is a great place to get objections to say uh, before you bought this product. What were you worried about, or what almost prevented you from buying mm. this product? Mm-hmm. And then you follow on and ask, like, you know, what benefits did you accomplish, and and so on. What yeah. do you like about the product? Yeah. But that first piece, you know, don't just jump to asking someone, "Hey, can I get a testimonial from you?" Instead, send them like three or four questions, mm. kind of milk the testimonial out of them in a way that you can really use. Yeah. And then you can sometimes address objections within the testimonial itself. Putting that on your page, someone might say, "Yeah, I've been sold, you know, fake promises about this before, so I was skeptical, but yeah. I jumped in anyway, and blah blah blah. This happened to me." Yeah. Or you can just state them on the page, like like you were talking about. Totally. So then, after you've uh, overcome the objections, it's time to put in your call to action. Mm. And sort of like uh, Steph mentioned earlier, that um, the uh, testimonials were. The Parmesan cheese, I think she called it. You sprinkle around and yeah. go in different places. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think also the call to action doesn't necessarily just need to be at the end. Mm. In in our sales pages, a lot of times we'll have the call to action in a couple of places. Sometimes it makes sense to put it right after you describe the product because you have set up maybe the problem and the future state so well. That people are like, yes, I need this, and yeah. they're ready to buy. Um, or people tend to scroll up and down the page looking for things. Mm. Oh, what did he say about this? Or, or what did she point out when she was talking about the benefits? They might scroll back up, and then you can just have an extra call to action right up there. So mm. it may need to be in multiple places on your page. 
the call to action is simply making the final pitch. You know, okay, so we showed you the product, we talked about the benefits, and now for three low, low payments of $39, all this can be yours. Click here to buy now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a, a strong call to action that's telling them what they get for what price and making it big and bold and clear that this is the action that they need to take to get all of these benefits. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So we're we're being you know, one of the one of the things we talked about in previous episodes about about sales is giving them a reason to buy right now. Yeah. Is that something that you want to put on a, every sales page like this? I would, yeah. Yeah. I always try to find something if it can be an extra bonus or some sort of uh time limited offer or something like that. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. And uh you certainly want to have that around the call to action. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you sign up by, you know, February twenty seventh, you get this extra bonus or yeah. I'll throw in a coaching call with you or or something. Yeah. And you see this on infomercials all the time, right? You know, call now and you'll get this extra thing thrown in or whatever. Yeah. It's just an extra reason to hit the buy button now. Totally. That's part of the call to action yeah. as well. Okay. And then what's our last, what's our number 10 here? We're the number nine is call to action. 10 is 10 is to remove the risk of this sale. And you see this pretty much everywhere now, right? Why why do people love shopping at Nordstrom? Why do they love buying Patagonia gear? Because you know you can take this thing back at any time yeah. and it doesn't work out for you. Why do we love, you know, buying from Amazon and so on? Because we know that return shipping is easy. Mm-hmm. So uh you want to remove the risk. If this is an info product, you want to tell people that there's a guarantee. It doesn't have to be a forever guarantee, but if it's a 30-day guarantee or 60-day or something like that. Or some people go even further and they'll say, like, double your money back. If you take this course and don't achieve the benefits, I'll give you twice what you paid for it or something like that. You just want to make people feel like it's a no brainer to buy this thing because even if I don't accomplish the benefits, I still have a way out. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. So those are 10 items. Steph, as you think about someone making their sales page, like they're listening right now, this is what they're going off of. They got this and the 80-20 sketch sheet. They've gone through, they've come up with like the objections and the benefits and they're going to write up their sales page. What closing piece of advice would you give someone? You know, I think for people who build sales pages, it's often uh, quite a project. It's probably going to take you a few sittings to do it. Uh, there's a lot of research you're pulling together. You may have had customer conversations by the end of it, it's probably likely that this thing feels kind of like your baby in a way. And I think the temptation is to, you know, I I think we see this a lot in the Fizzle forums, you know, as part of uh, your membership, if you're a Fizzle member, you can come into the forums and talk to people. My advice would be get it out there for feedback. Um, it, It can be scary to get feedback on things when you're afraid you're doing it wrong, especially if this is your first sales page. You're like, oh, what if it sucks? Like, I think it's pretty good, but I'm not a designer. You know, it's very easy to get really caught up in the fears that come with creating, I think. And so really, uh, Make yourself get feedback. I always love when I pop into the Fizzle forums and people are have the guts to say, will you tear apart my sales page? Will you take a look at it? Will you give me some hard feedback? All of those comments that people give you, um, you know, their reactions to it, it's only going to strengthen your sales page. And remember, this whole the whole point of this is to get people to buy. So anything you can do to increase the chances of that, um, just let it see the light of day before you before you like put it up there and then wonder why it's not converting. Mm, love it. Great advice. Corbett Barr, any final words? 
just shakes She's his shaking my head. Just shakes his head, <laughs> and then I'm realizing like people can't see that. <laughs> Compelling radio. Okay, guys, that's episode two. 56 of the Fizzle Show, all right? 256. That means for all the show notes, you can go to fizzleshow.co, fizzleshow.co slash 256. That's fizzleshow.co slash 256. And as your little audio or as your little companion to this episode, you can get the 8020 copywriting sketch sheet at fizzle.co slash 8020. That's 8020. Fizzle.co slash 8020. All right. That's all from us today. I hope that you have a productive rest of your week. It is Tuesday as I'm, as we air this. I'm wondering if I'm catching you on Tuesday because you're like a real, like a studious Fizzle Show listener. You're just like, I gotta, right I'm going to do it out. right when it comes out. I'm ready to go. Get my shot in the arm. So I'm making my business. I'm coming up with my ideas. I'm doing that thing. Listen. Welcome to the hustle. All your life, you're going to be working a little bit. And that doesn't have to hurt that bad. I mean, is that pretty dour? I feel like it could be happier than that. That's pretty dour. Let's see. Let's see this. There's a lot of enjoyment and energy. Maybe we should just have Steph read that from the sales page she read earlier. Yeah, yeah. Steph, will you close this out with a sales page? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.